0: That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y, unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Hey, Dave. Hey, Tom. What are
1: you reading? Oh, I'm reading Martial Law. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Tom and Dave Reed Martial Law. The, the 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 final
0: episode. This is the episode. very last one. Episode. Yeah. If if episode I don't
1: know who's listening to this. I hope people are listening to this because I'm I'm enjoying doing it. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, it's I, a very I, weird niche niche show we've done that's brought to you by Mind Freak555. Thank you, Mind Freak. Thank you, this. Mind
0: Freak, so much. Yeah, I'd be I'd be in into doing more uh podcasts where we just read something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's chill. It's pretty chill. It doesn't chill. take yeah, it takes almost the same amount of time as a movie, depending on how tired I am, you know, mm. or how detailed the comic is. But it's just, it's exercising a different part of the brain that's kind of fun, you know? Yeah. The reading part of the brain, Yeah, to be the
0: reading area of the brain. The read lobe. Most associated with reading.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: my read lobe. You, 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 got a real, reading, got a real itch the, in my read lobe. Right. My read it's the quadrant. Reading,
1: yeah, the reading rainbow mm-hmm. in your brain.
0: Reading Rain Lobe.
1: Um, reading reading Rain Lobe. That's a,
0: perfect. Just a brain. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> hosted by LeVar Burton's brain. I'm
1: coughing. <laughs> I'm to cough. mm. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh yeah, this is a comic book from the eighties, I wanna
0: say. Uh, it's, at uh, least it's when it started. I'm not sure when this uh it, yeah. miniseries that we're covering today was published, so I can I can look that up while you keep talking to the kids.
1: Yeah, you don't have to. Uh called Martial Law, he is a he is a uh superhero hunter. Uh some would say a superhero hunting hero, but that's that's up for uh interpretation that's part of what's in this uh final uh issue because we we've gone through it all i believe there's some crossover books yeah there's a couple crossovers that we don't cover
0: and there is apparently um two novellas
1: right yeah that's according to the afterword in this mm-hmm. uh which we'll talk about uh, I think at the end. I think at the end of this, because if you remember, we're going to talk about casting if this was a movie, and then I think we should talk about the overall series. Because uh, as I said, this is the final episode. We've read pretty much all of the main stuff, and we're on. This is episode five, uh, where we're covering Secret Tribunal, which is uh, yeah, kind of the closing, uh, uh, the closing story here.
0: Yeah, uh, which N- is 1994 both- is the publication date of this.
1: Oh, wow. It, this this is both very random as a final plot line and not at all random either, I would argue.
0: No, it makes sense because it's all about the next generation of heroes.
1: Exactly. The The weird thing is the fact that the aliens are involved. Right. The aliens come out of nowhere.
0: Uh, yeah, it does a weird aliens slash the brood from X-Men storyline, but it's really just aliens. The aliens
1: are cool. They're oh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, It's... Uh, I guess what I mean is that, like, in terms of the themes of of this uh, comic series, this is right on the money. Like, this is, it's like, yes, this is a perfect way to end it. Yeah. In terms of, like, the actual plot, it's very random to me. Uh, and, like, uh, introducing the aliens. And then, like, I kind of thought we'd get more out of that whole public spirit in space stuff. And, like, more of a reveal of, like, what that was. Or uncovering a more insidious plot. But again, this is uh, uh, this isn't bad. And they do they do play with the idea of a next generation of superheroes, like you said, that are made in another horrific way. So it's kind of about the cycle repeating itself.
0: Yeah, and I think I that would say that was the reveal, was it not, that like what they were doing up in space were groaning, glowing, god, god damn it, growing Say the word. these uh, f- basically flesh vats uh, to, yeah, to yeah, sculpt new is. superheroes. And, and we learned that in this, I think we learned that in this one.
1: Yeah. And it does, I, yeah, it all kind of makes sense. I think it's more that the aliens come out of nowhere. They're, they're basically they're going back to the ship that they were introducing, yeah, in the first one, which is public, public spirit and all these superheroes went to space. And now that ship has been like just floating around Earth, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's
0: they, they treat it like a memorial, sort of. Um, yeah, and it starts with basically the 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 Teen Titans daring their two newest members to go break into the to the derelict spaceship.
1: Yep, and one of them, uh, what is his name? He's like a luminescent, yeah, man bi- or something.
0: bioluminescent boy,
1: Bio, Yeah. yeah. He uh, he gets skinned alive by an alien. He was skinned and I alive! Like the, <laughs> the gory detail that his skin continues to glow afterwards is fun. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so the other kid who is... Growing he's boy. He's not public spirit. Growing boy. Growing boy. Who we learn immediately has a problem. He can't grow. He doesn't have... His power isn't working. Yeah. Uh, he can't figure out how to get his power to work. And I would argue he's also the main character of this. He's the protagonist. Yeah,
0: we we that's another reason why I think maybe this one feels a little random in terms of plot because martial law is not even the main character. Like every but other,
1: the, I I do think that's right on the money. That, you're right. That point, is
0: that is true. Yeah,
1: yeah. The point is to idea, see him through
0: the eyes of a younger person who is wants to become a hero, and then through the course of this story learns that maybe it's not the best thing in the world.
1: Yes, exactly. It's kind of about what martial law. It's, it's this, I, I, I thought of this comic in general as like dialing back a little bit on the cynicism, uh, reminding people what we like about superheroes and pointing out that martial law is sort of no different. Um, not just the character, but the comic is that like, we're essentially still just watching a superhero. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it's an anti-superhero, but it's still all the same beats. It's like, oh, I'm avenging. Because, like, this this superhero has to avenge someone in his arc as well, the same way martial law did. And it's kind of pointing out that martial law, it, the bones of martial law, the story, isn't that different than a superhero Like, it's all kind of the same DNA. It's just what you Mm -hmm. say with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And, like, martial law is serving the same sort of mentor uh, role model position for growing boy that, like, martial law, he says that he grew up idolizing public spirit. Right. Um, Like, uh, I would say
1: this. Yeah, this this comic almost kind of takes the piss out of the other ones. Mm-hmm. In a way, like and it's it's it feels like the writer saying like I recognize the hypocrisy of this yeah. or like, you know, in le- in not so many words um cuz I don't know. It's it's a very interesting one. It might it might be my favorite of all of them because of um one the incubus look awesome. Uh and two, I just really like what they did here with the heroes. Um so we can go through it is uh Martial Law goes to James Woods. Yep. Forget his actual name. With his gun desk that rocks.
0: Yeah, it's like at the and, at the tip of a Tommy gun. Every <laughs> Yeah. The the fun little details that they cram into each of these panels. I know we bring it up each each episode, oh, but yeah. it bears repeating. Every panel of this comic is just stuffed with little details and Jokes and things like that, and yeah, that's this. This is full of that same shit. And one of them being that, yeah, the commander James Woods, whatever his name is, uh, Mc, Mc, Mc something. Mick um, something, Mick Woods, James Mick Woods, Mick James Woods. His yeah. uh, his office in City Hall or wherever is just situated at the end of this gigantic machine gun. Yeah, it's like the It's, Goth- it's like the Gotham City statues in the Joel Schumacher movies.
1: Yeah. And the, the uh, I really like the the beginning conflict, which is martialized, like, you haven't paid me. Right, he's coming, and he like, wants all
0: the money for killing all of the zombie heroes from the last yeah. run. Yeah. And then James Woods and- makes the argument that I immediately thought of, where he says, well, technically they were already dead. <laughs> Yeah.
1: So we're not paying you. And it, it, I love this real, I really felt this where it's like, oh, yeah, they all are like contractors and yeah. like the money isn't great. No, yeah, <laughs> like not he's doing, right. yeah.
0: He's just like trying to rub two nickels together.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, and so James Woods is like, uh, uh, you know where the real money is? He's just like, superheroes don't even, they don't even make that much money, to be honest. Like, we're not, we don't care about superheroes anymore. Uh, and what the real money is in killing aliens. And I love this line. Martial Law says, but I don't hate but aliens. But I don't <laughs> hate
0: aliens.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really says a lot about him. Uh, and he basically says, like, we we need you to fight these aliens on this ship. And you need to team up with these superheroes. Um, which Martial Law isn't. He's he's done similar things in the past, you know. Uh, and so they team him up with... I. Uh, these guys are like the X Men, or like they're 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 like you said, Teen Titans. Um, well, yeah, one but of the These superheroes are the tr- Secret Tribunal.
0: Yeah, this is like the intelligentsia from like Marvel Comics.
1: Yeah, and it's Lichtenstein. Um, oh, shit, what's all their names? Ragnarok is one. Breathless, the one I I, I remembered was Anti Man because I think that's the yeah. funniest.
0: Anti-Man has the coolest uh, power. He just leaps into different people's bodies. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's just like a symbiote. Uh, it's, it's solid.
0: And then one of them and, is very clearly Professor X.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Rune is the alien one. Vrilla mm-hmm. is the final one. Um, which one? I think Lichtenstein has uh, in space, no one can hear you ream on his <laughs> cod piece.
0: Yeah, he's the big metal uh, one, right? He's he's the one that's yeah, kind of like Iron Man slash Doctor Doom, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so he teams up with them um, to go on this. Yeah, and there's two ships, right? And the the ship next to it is like the training facility for all these young superheroes, right, right? And that's where they meet the the growing boy.
0: Yeah, one the one ship is is where all the the young young Justice Leaguers are grown. We learn. Out of vats and program yeah. uh to want to become heroes uh which is pretty dark um but oh, it's yeah. also you know not not on theme for this comic it's it's basically not at talking all, yeah. about how you're you're spoon-fed um and this is a british comic um but i'm sure it's true the world over because it's definitely true in america where you're just served spoon-fed this jingoistic bullshit since birth uh to condition right. you to grow up a certain way um and they've just distilled that point into something ridiculous. Yeah. Which is and I, flesh I, I'm flesh I'm sure mats and, and programming, but it's the same thing.
1: I'm I'm sure we've made this comparison before. It's very Venture Brothers. To the point that the yes. superheroes are very naive. I love the part where martial law is uh getting it on with, I believe, Breathless. I think uh so, and yeah. the kid, they're outside and, and one of them's like, how How's he managed to keep going so long? And the other one says, um, uh, oh, I wrote it down. Uh, it's just as well because I heard some older women slit your throat if you don't satisfy them, which yeah. I thought was uh, like a fun rumor
0: <laughs> to have. Well, it's there's a there's a through line where they, for whatever reason, they've um, conditioned these young justice leaguers to be terrified of sex. Uh, right to the point where growing boy has sex with uh what's her name super feelings girl <laughs> something like yeah, that yeah something like that um and it's like a huge deal um
1: they punish them yeah
0: yeah they put her in like the punishment room and that's room. where
1: that's where Marshall lark comes in he he shows up after that's happened and the super feeling girl is like trying to get out sounding this alarm uh and they're like yeah she just wants out and then they realize, like, no, she can super sense something's coming, this whole time, and it's one of the aliens that kills her, and so Growing Boy wants to avenge her death, basically, because yeah. it's he's he's in love he's in love with her, yeah, um, and, uh, and and you know, so like that that's basically Growing Boy's arc, uh, and then they they go in and they start fighting the aliens. Uh, that we, there's also public spirit junior who's like, he's a little Homelander, right? He's, he's tiny the Homelander. Idea. Yeah.
0: He even does yeah, the same. He rabbit claps the one girl and makes yeah. her ears bleed.
1: Yeah. He's, he's just a sociopath. Yeah. He's just a little is homelander. the idea. And it's the idea of like, yeah, obviously they're not treating these. They're, they're brewing the next sociopaths like public spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the cycle beginning again, but this one growing boy is like, I, well, I kind of like martial law, and like, I kind of think this is bullshit. You know, like he's a yeah, little... Yeah,
0: he starts to identify the seams and what he believes in. Like, they, they pull him yeah. aside. They're like, okay, martial law is here with the secret tribunal to hunt the aliens, but he's not a hero. He hates heroes, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to use him as bait to lure the aliens out, and when they kill him, we'll just kill the aliens, and they all vote... Yes, for it, but Growing Boy really doesn't want to. He's he's conflicted. Yeah. And he's yeah, you, like he said, he's like for the first time he's looking at this and be like, oh, this is kind of bullshit, right? Like this is yeah, bullshit. It's the
1: idea that uh, <coughs> these heroes are heroes only an image, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which we'll we'll definitely get to in terms of the overall themes of this comic book. Uh, and so, like, yeah, he's disillusioned, and then he watches as basically what we learn is. Um, well, first of all, they do. They try that trap, and the alien ends up just attacking the other superheroes. Instead, um, they say something about like it wanting young flesh, and that's why it's going after them.
0: Yeah, I think there's also an implication okay. it wants the superpowered people, and he, martial right. Law doesn't have any superpowers.
1: Right, and um, it also skins them. And what martial Law figures out is because their brains are their skin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is really gnarly. Cool. Sci-fi idea. Terrible survival. Right. Terrible. Right. Why would you have your brain be huge and outside of your body?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not a good
0: place for your brain. No.
1: So he skins the alien and realizes that's what you have to do. Um, And then they, uh, they, uh,
0: They go back to the the other ship, the Public Spirit's original ship, where Bioluminescent Boy's skin is still glowing in the dark to guide them. And they find the big old alien queen, which is like this really grotesque-looking, just shock-white goober. Uh, Really gnarly drawing. It's pretty sweet.
1: Real gnarly goober. I love that Public Spirit Jr. is basically Zap Branigan. Yeah. Like, doesn't he pull another thing and he accidentally, like... Well, he a, fucks up again he keeps fucking up. he's
0: a coward he keeps saying he's a coward yeah he's, he keeps saying oh i'll help you do this and then he just he either runs off or like he tries to shoot his ray or he fucks it, it up and he misses that's what he does here he, he shoots like the power and the lights go out. right
1: and the lights go out yeah. um but it all it all ends with growing boy finally becoming uh a growing boy yeah. he he grows into a giant, He's a giant man yeah. fights the alien and kills it and gets his revenge um and at the end he he says uh like his afterthought is like uh you know i kind of think that martial like they told me martial law was corrupt and bad but from what i've seen he is the actual hero here he was the actual one because at one point he saves Public Spirit, and he does. He start. He works with the heroes in this. Yeah. To a point where he's like part of the fucking super friends here, um, and he's the only one who's getting the job done throughout. And and uh, the growing boy realizes it, and it kind of ends with him like going to Public Spirit and being, and he he gets his you know he gets his merit badges basically because he saved the day. And public spirit, uh, not public spirit. Martial law is like, good job, kid. And he, you can tell he's like bummed though, because he's like, you're just going to become another fucking superhero. Yeah. And he said, he asks him like, well, I could go with you. I could be your super boy. And he's like, and he like smiles at him and he says, no. And he leaves. And and it's just this superhero, this young superhero, kind of watching martial law leave and being like the first superhero to like appreciate him mm-hmm. and who he is, and to say like, no, he's he's the hero. That guy's the hero uh yeah and that's uh that's a good ending for this you know it's like putting aside the cynicism and the meta stuff and like showing like yeah he got to one kid he yeah. got to one superhero
0: but hey <laughs> you know you know dave when you're out there to change hearts and minds mm-hmm. you gotta do it <laughs> one at a time exactly um yeah you're right it is kind of sort of unexpectedly or like i didn't really realize it at first uh but you're right it is sort of the perfect way to end this show and show and this series um is because it's 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 going full circle so it's like oh he set out in the beginning to like tear down this uh worshipful society around superheroes and he has kind of started to succeed because he's able to take somebody who was just fully indoctrinated from the moment he existed. You know, he was created in a lab to become a superhero, but he was able to, this, you know, shows this kid that, Oh, this is kind of bullshit. So yeah, Yeah. it's full. And it
1: also shows that they're doing, they're making an observation a little bit about hate too, which is like, it's like you catch more flies with honey, martial law, like kind of putting his hate aside and working with superheroes. Um, despite how terrible they are to him, taking the high
0: road, and he's, uh, he's and how the idea
1: of like you can change things from the inside mm-hmm. more than more than as the enemy, you know.
0: Yeah, and in a lot of cases, especially with a lot of societal problems, and also he's kind. He's like kind for the first time to this. Case. Yeah, he is. He doesn't need to be nice to growing boy, but he is.
1: Yeah, that's a big part of it because I think he does. He doesn't. He does... And this scans for him. He sees the difference between, like, someone who's an older hero who's just, you know, long gone. Right. And, and all someone like, who's
0: young. All the, all the tribunal, they're all, like, really... Like, he calls them Nazis at one point, and they are. They're, like, real, yeah. real eugenicists. And we've covered that in, in previous episodes. And that's part, sure. of, that's part of the jingoism, you know, and it, nationalism and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it was... I forgot where I was going with that, but just that once they, yeah, I guess it's just, he recognizes that there are some that are beyond hope and then some that aren't.
1: Yeah. Uh, Uh, yeah, Particularly, particularly
0: with the kids. Yeah. When they have to like, they, they've realized at one point that like the aliens are replicating themselves because they've gotten into the flesh vats. Uh, So it's like all of these horrible mutant, Cloned children are waking up And like the tribunal superheroes are just Ripping through them Uh And Marshall oh, was yeah. like uh, Guys you don't have to enjoy this quite So much and they're like oh they're unclean Right where well, he's
1: like yeah where they're like We have to kill them but Jesus guys Yeah, like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You guys are really too excited about Killing these kids
1: <laughs> Yeah it's Solid Um Yeah good Good comic. Um, I have thoughts about, obviously, the overall comic, but in terms of, like, Secret Tribunal, are we done talking about that and we can talk about casting it? I
0: think so, yeah, because I think anything else is just... It's not a very long issue, this installment. I think it's only maybe 30 or 40 pages, so... Yeah, yeah. but
1: there's stuff like there's the afterword we can talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and, I just want I yeah. to say, I'm, I'm, I'm good to move on to, to the casting section because otherwise I feel like I'm just going to keep repeating myself.
1: Sure, <laughs> <So. for> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um so who's going to play these the secret tribunal here? I don't know. Um, like that's a lot
0: of characters. Ragnarok
1: Ragnarok feels like he could be a Tom Hardy. <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know. Sure. I would say Breathless um I say the ones has the vibes of like a Margot Robbie. It's weird like it's uh I maybe I'm associating them with Suicide Squad a little bit or something.
0: I was getting more like a uh, Juliet Lewis vibe from Breathless
1: holy shit that's so much better yeah. you're right
0: someone who's kind of like you're right because she, she's,
1: she's she's very insecure and in she's also like scene. fed up yeah.
0: with it like she she's yeah. kind of recognizes the the system for what it is and is, is over it you know yeah i could see that um yeah i think the two main ones so you know we definitely need to figure out who would play growing boy Because he's like the main, the main person in this. That's hard
1: because we, we, I think we already did um, Tom Holland, but like Tom Holland is the universal like bright eyed, bushy tailed motherfucker, plucky young superhero. Um, Yeah, yeah. I would, I would honestly say an an unknown for that same reason. Like a young unknown Mm -hmm. that you can kind of put anything you want on that person because that's the point of the character. Yeah, is like he's the start of a career.
0: Yeah, you'd want like, to you'd, you'd, you'd want a Harry Potter these little fucks, right? Because like you'd did, you'd, yeah. you'd want to get like a Malfoy to play a uh, a uh, Public Spirit Junior.
1: Yeah, you would absolutely, and I think that yeah, you would want a Harry Potter these fucks because then you have public uh, not Public Spirit. You have Marshall Law who we we um you know we would think he's, an established actor. He's the um, he's
0: the Hagrid in this situation. Yeah, <laughs> the Dumbledore yeah.
1: of this exactly. situation. Anti-man could be anyone.
0: Yeah, um, anti-man is fun. I,
1: I just want to see Jason Statham with a flat top, with a flat top web, wig. So that's my vote. Sure. But it could be anybody.
0: That that makes sense, though. Um, I, I like the idea because he's, he's, at the end, he like warps out of his own body right before it gets killed by the queen and goes into Public Spirit <laughs> Jr.'s <Junior's> body. Yeah. <laughs> so I like this idea of like this little Malfoy twerp getting yelled at by Jason Statham's disembodied voice. Hell yeah! Just dunking on Um, him the whole time.
1: Yeah, Lichtenstein is like you don't see their face. He's just a
0: voice. Yeah, he would just be a voice. Yeah,
1: so it could be anybody.
0: Yeah, Uh... James
1: Earl Jones, the the AI. (laughs) James Earl Jones, AI.
0: Yeah, the the his his AI voice that he just sold to Disney or whatever.
1: Yeah. Rune kinda looks a little bit like John Turturro in one of the pictures, so I'm just going with John Turturro. He's
0: I think he's he's supposed to be Namor, I think. Um Oh uh, okay. I don't know. Uh I mean sure we can go with John Turturro.
1: <laughs> I don't know. The character is drawn with darker skin, so I might be whitewashing uh Rune a bit. Yeah. So, so let's I don't know. let's think a little harder. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: But I think like a John Turturro type is right.
1: Yeah, a John Turturro type. Professor X, I don't know, man. Fucking Patrick I, Stewart, Patrick who Stewart. gives a shit. Yeah. Put him back in that ch- All he wants That'd is someone
0: to yank on his hog.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, their, their version of Professor X
0: like accidentally fried his brain somehow yeah. on some mission. So he's basically just this, <laughs> this little sex creep. This
1: weird pervert, yeah. In his future it's, wheelchair.
0: It's, yeah, his it's hover the chair. idea
1: that he's like, he like has dementia and it's, 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 he's just pure, like, just like urges. <laughs> it's, uh, it's solid.
0: Yeah. I'm, 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 um, I'm trying to, I'm thinking about, uh, Rune. I'm, still, oh, I'm yeah. still trying to nail that one down. Um, I don't know. You're better at knowing actors than me. I'm trying to think of like, um, hmm, like a John Turturro type. John Perro. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know why I keep thinking Dennis Haysbert. That doesn't feel quite right. Well, who's Dennis Haysberg? Uh he's um the president hey. from 24. He was in the 13th floor.
1: Oh, he would actually be kind of fun. I no, I think he has the vibe cuz he's got that like no bullshit vibe. That's true. From yeah. what I've seen him in. Yeah. Again, from what I've seen him in. Yeah. I don't know if that's always what he plays, but yeah. Um,
0: Frequently, I yeah. I can
1: kind of see that.
0: He usually plays a little gentler characters than John Turturro, but...
1: <clears throat> yeah, but I can see, see him nailing that. I don't know, man. Sure. He might be a little old, but like, whatever, man.
0: Well, they're all supposed to be kind of older.
1: That's true. They are. They are, aren't they? Mm. Um well, I'm okay with that casting. If we want to just talk about the comic, yeah, as a yeah, whole. yeah. Let's move on. Okay, because uh, this so this was one issue, and then we have the afterward, which pointed out some stuff that didn't even occur to me. Uh, because I knew obvi- obviously this is a satire. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this guy, yeah, the, the, is British, and they he, would ta- he was talking about in the afterward like specific events or ideas that were being mocked in reality like it's funny is uh, that
0: mills is the writer we're talking about
1: yeah it's funny is that so i guess when we were going through this Mm -hmm. i kept thinking what's the one-to-one exact comparison in the superhero genre and then when it came to the real life comparison stuff like the cia uh, and, and, and just, like, different shitty things the government rich people did. I never thought of that as one-to-one. I thought of it as this overall vibe, when what I'm realizing in the afterword is it's quite the opposite. Yeah. Where it's, like, the superheroes were just this vague comparison, whereas, like, stuff, for example, um, the zombie one um, is about the idea of rich people wanting to live forever. Yeah. Stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, like oh yeah. It was interesting to, it was super interesting to read the afterward. So if uh, you guys who are listening if you did get the digital edition or whatever, so I think it's still out of print. Uh be sure to read the afterward. It's only about two pages. Um Yeah. And yeah, it is interesting that he said he started from like the character's genesis was him seeing sort of quote-unquote heroic figures or ideals and stuff that were, you know, held up by media and culture for so long start to get unmasked for being shitty, uh, vile, self-indulgent, uh, evil in some cases. Um, so he, it's interesting that he, y- yeah, he started from like real life things and then just kind of tried to make the superhero thing fit later because the way he describes it in the afterward, it was just like, oh, the superhero idea fits perfectly with what I want to talk about, which right, is, right. and he was yeah. saying
1: like, cause it's easier to talk about politics when it's through this, like, yeah, Lens, this filter, so you don't get in trouble either. Like it's, it's. uh Yeah, yeah, it works really well.
0: So it's, it's interesting. I think that maybe, it, and in in my mind anyway, sets it apart from some of the other <coughs> more popular or better known deconstructions like Dark Knight Returns or Watchmen. Even though Watchmen's
1: more yeah, which much he more about society Yeah, he does mention in the afterward.
0: Um, but it's interesting that he wasn't like the goal wasn't to deconstruct superheroes like he he wants to talk about hey. how we mytho- like idolization and and self-mythologizing in real life so he's not like a he wasn't coming from it at a standpoint it's like i want to satirize comics he's like no i'm i'm just doing satire just general political socio-political satire and i'm just doing it with superheroes because it works as a metaphor
1: right so like yeah a lot of it is a metaphor for things yeah that the U.S. does. Um, those are pretty obvious, at least to us. Yeah, the CIA I stuff was, was
0: real obvious, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because he does mention that superheroes are also fascists. Yeah. Uh, and that he does think that about a lot of f- superheroes. Like, that that isn't, like, not
0: also the point. Right, it's not not part um, of its DNA. It's just you would, reading this, and the, the way you and I talked about it in the previous episodes, you just sort of assume that that was the primary goal of, of, of creating this comic was to satirize comic books, and it's not right. the case. It's not. It's more about,
1: yeah, satirizing the world and then sort of pointing out that comics are kind of... I mean, I, I, I'm not a big comic book person, but he, th- he seems to think that a lot of comics are kind of, you know propaganda for these ideas, right wing ideas, conservative ideas. Yes.
0: Which makes sense. And it's certainly true um, for some comics. Yeah. And some, yeah, even some I think, comics that aren't necessarily trying to do that. It, there's just certain pieces of iconography and tropes within the genre that are, that come from a conservative, uh, status quo standpoint. Yeah.
1: I would argue it's the same way that most action films are whether or not they want to be pro gun, Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, it's not that they're necessarily trying to say that message, but so many of them glorify gun violence. And yeah. that's what an action film is. And like, you know, you can be an adult and like separate those things in your mind and enjoy the action film for what it is for sure. But it's the same way as like him pointing out like, and this is one of the things that's always irked me about superhero films that he pointed out that I I had almost completely forgot about. It was one of the things early in Marvel films that bothered me and watching, and I, I like, I, I just, I, I guess, I just don't think about it as much. Which is that superheroes are inherently never the underdog. Um, they always have, they're always, they're, they're, they're so, um, they so very much outgun the average criminal. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's to like to the point
1: that that's like we're like ants to them at this point, where it's like sore. <laughs> Versus a bank robber would never happen. It's Wonder Woman in that scene where she pulverizes
0: those terrorists. Yeah, Bruce <laughs> Bolton,
1: um, unironically. Yeah, like, it's, yeah,
0: They're they're like the secret police. Yeah, like they they come down hard with this. You know the the hammer of you know. Uh, because they work hand in hand with the government, it's like the government coming down on a bank robber, <laughs> you
1: know. Exactly,
0: um, and it's yeah. it's and they're all like yeah. You pointed this out, I think, in a cracked article, maybe, but like they're all very pro-military. They're all pro. Um,
1: it's Captain America. Like yeah. it's that they're all pro. Terrifying. They're all pro
0: imperialism. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I know, again, comic books have explored this all the time. with like Red Sun and stuff where it's the idea of, and it is, but it is always like, I think it's this thing is the reason I always want to bring it up is because what's really chilling to me is the idea of us forgetting that. Yeah. And especially nowadays, because I would also argue that superheroes now represent something they never were supposed to. Uh, but they naturally do in the climate we have now, is they also represent pro-corporations. Yes. um, Because they represent Disney. They represent these huge corporations that are controlling them and making all this money off of them. So I think there's just something naturally dystopian about the concept of a hero in our society, that, that the word hero and that we associate it with pro-america pro-military pro-corporations in these icons now mm-hmm. and that is that is so dystopian uh, and it oh and i think back when it was just he was just making these observations in comics comics weren't the world you know they didn't take over everything
0: they were still so pretty like, niche
1: yeah and then that idea of like yeah they're kind of they've always been kind of conservative and 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 pro war and pro, uh, you know, like, like like weirdly, uh, you know, nationalists and all of that stuff. That was all like, that that was worthy of observation when he was making these com- these comics. But now it's like frightening, uh, in a way. Yeah. The fact that it's so big.
0: Yeah. It's because it's 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 like the boys is barely satire.
1: Yeah, and the boys had the same. Th- this is what's interesting is in this comic, Martial Law becomes one of the heroes because that the, what they're saying is, like, ultimately, like, you're still watching a hero, right? Yeah. And even even if it's, like, an anti-hero hero, the boys is kind of ending up doing that, too, which is always funny uh, to me, is that, like, watching the boys, it now just feels like some of the plots are very much just a superhero plot. And I think... Uh,
0: because, like, I, I do it's it, the... I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, it's, it's kind of like the, the Dark Knight like in this weird reverse is like you either die the anti-hero or you live long enough to become the hero where it's like, if we're following these characters, these anti-heroes, what makes them different than a hero? And I mean, and their propaganda is no different than pro America propaganda. Ultimately you're still doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. And I think the boys is trying to address that, uh, with a little bit of like the dynamic between like Huey and butcher and the rest of the group and butcher Yeah, like butcher is martial law. And I like that it, it in both the boys and in in martial law. I'll steer it back to the comic because we're talking about martial law. Oh, I um, have a way to do that too. Yeah, it's they they do show that Marshall is a hypocrite. Yeah, they constantly show that he's a hypocrite.
1: Yeah, he's dressing cool. He's he's yeah. It's the same shit. Um. But, it, again, you can argue, like, like as uh, he points out in the afterward, Martial Law as a working man, like, where so many superheroes tend to have these, like, more posh positions, you know? Like, they tend to be very privileged people. Like, people will say, like, well, Peter Parker, he's, like, just this poor boy. And it's like, yeah, he's funded by a billionaire, you know? Like Well, they're, now, they're now he
0: is, like, with the, the MCU version of him. But yeah, the MCU, they're, they're, yes. He was – that's one of the things that makes him so unique. But, yeah, overall – it's true that it's usually white people from middle to upper class backgrounds. Uh, they're, they're sometimes are they're even literally captains of industry like Bruce Wayne right. or Oliver Queen or, uh, Tony Stark. Um, a lot of them come from the military. A lot of them are cops. They all have this like cop mentality. So that's, it's a very, yeah. there is they're a- all
1: like beloved and not like, they're like very few dark mans, you know,
0: right? And uh, very are,
1: few ones that are like you're living in a fucking sewer and you're hideous and you you know what it's like to be uh, down on your luck. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. They 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 all come from a very small specific demographic in general. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's uh, still mostly the case.
1: <laughs> so right, and it's troublesome only in it. When it takes over a society, a culture. Yeah. When a culture becomes obsessed with this genre, it's just a little worrying. Um, As this one has. If it's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, when you look at, yeah, uh, people like, uh, you know, Donald Trump and like where we're heading with entertainers becoming um, uh, politicians and it being about like not actually getting the boring stuff done, but like these sweeping stunts, uh, it, it, it's just... It's not healthy, ultimately, uh, because again, it's it's that idea of like, as a form of art, there's nothing wrong with it. As a form of entertainment, there's nothing wrong with it. If it takes over a culture and becomes this corporate giant, then it just feels, again, really dystopian.
0: It feels like um, it feels bringing, like it starts to feel like propaganda, which is what martial yeah. law is talking about.
1: Exactly, it really starts to feel like propaganda um, to the
0: point where like. You remember when Disney and Sony were in a little bit of a spat over the doing the third Spider-Man movie over who was going to get money, whether or not it was going to happen. Like Disney was able to rally so many devoted fans to like bully this other corporation to get their way, and there were no—I mean, they're both gigantic corporations, obviously. But yeah, like, so it's... the idea that Disney, like, which I think my I, I I could be speaking out of my ass, but I think it's the biggest conglomerate in history. Um, probably. Maybe outside of Amazon. So it's probably Amazon. But Disney, Disney is a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. Uh, you know, it's got its fingers in every conceivable pie. It owns so much shit that it has no right to own. Um, weaponizing people that they've indoctrinated with their superhero movies. Because all... They, yeah. That, it's like... That's, it's weird. That, it's these weird. Comic-Con You're right. Stuff it's is weird. fucking like these weird. Corporate,
1: these corporate events where they like unveil. It's, it's for people who don't, who like another perspective of this is like, remember like, and it still sort of exists. Apple fandom yes. is no different to me. Yeah. Where it's this weird corporate fandom where they're like, Tesla. what gizmo are they going to? Yeah. Our Tesla fandom. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of part of the same thing, which is like, <clears throat> I, I use an Apple product. Nothing wrong with it. I enjoy Marvel films. It's when it becomes this weird corporate fandom where it's like, dial it back, you know? Like, they don't care about you. Yeah. They're giving you a product, and you can you can uh, you can buy the product certainly, but like, I don't know. There's something about that that entire vibe, and I know it's probably not most comic book fans. No. You know? No. Um, but it, it's this thing that exists now in our culture that's just like really fucking creepy to me. <laughs> Uh, That's all. And it's all kind of part of the same thing. Yeah. Um, Going back to martial law, though, I have a question about martial law. And this is is a possible critique of martial law. What is the difference between satirizing something and just doing the thing? As we pointed out with the superhero stuff, it isn't that different. But one of the other things that martial law loves to do is nudity Mm -hmm. and sexual violence. Yep. And the question is, like in this episode, in this in this uh, the, this issue, they have the part where she's like begging for his her life, and they do a like up the skirt shot of her, uh, and they're like sexualizing her while she's begging for her life, and it's like, is that a satire, or are you just doing the thing? Like, what is the difference again? What is the difference? Like, are you trying to make people horny watching this, or are you trying to point out that we sexualize people, specifically women, at horribly vulnerable times? And specifically, I would argue
0: specifically in comics, uh, particularly of this period, like the yeah, the and I would late eighties, early nineties.
1: I would argue in this comic book, the really if if his intent was to satirize it, there's no way to tell.
0: Yeah, there's no way to I, tell. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. and and say that that it is. uh,
1: But whether or not it was, it was a failure in my mind. Like they did not, if they were like we set out to satirize that, I would say, no, you failed. You failed at that. You did a lot of great stuff Mm -hmm. in this comic. Yeah, But in terms of depicting sexual violence and the treatment of, of women as a satire in this, it just felt no different ultimately. Right, they just did the same doing it-
0: thing that the things that they're making fun of do. Like they just yes. they have hypersexualized women who are constantly in peril. Um, none of them ever graduate to bona fide character status. Lynn kind of does in the in the original kinda. run, um, only after she is murdered though. Um, yeah, but yeah, so it's they don't if there's a female character in the comic you're going to see their boobs they're, they're, like that's just yeah well it's it's yeah you're you're going to yeah uh, and they will almost certainly be murdered as well um yeah. horribly so yeah it's you're i i would totally agree with you there like if their intent was to sort of put put it under a microscope they kind of failed cuz they you're just doing the same thing uh, you, Yeah. you're not being clear enough with what you're trying to say with it um because we we're coming out of out of, out of reading all of this not knowing whether or not they were trying to satirize it or if they were just doing uh right. the hypersexualized violence that was so pervasive in comics of this period
1: right we could give it the ba- benefit of the, doubt, of the doubt while reading it but having finished it it's official like no you didn't do a good job. And they
0: there. did a if poor that job, intent. if that was their intent. Yeah, because they never say anything about it. They just sort of do it. They never do. It's like here it is. I'm like, yep. So what? What do you have to say about it? I don't know, but we're going to keep doing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah. I would say that's my biggest critique of this I'd, comic series. Yeah,
0: I, I would. I would agree with that completely. Yeah, that's the one thing. Like otherwise, I would wholeheartedly recommend this comic to people. But because that element of it is so pervasive and just as repellent as it is in the things that they're purporting to claiming to be satirizing. Like I can't really recommend this book to everyone.
1: Right. It's like, I would feel a little shameful recommending. I would, I would have to,
0: even the people I would recommend it to, I'd have to do it with a few caveats. Yeah. Like I'd have to say, okay, just full disclosure. There's, there's some sexual violence in this that is really weird and kind of, super testosterone driven and it's not really cool um, right. and I'm not sure if it's supposed to be satirical or not um, Right. so yeah that's, that's like the bummer about this book I think
1: yeah I do think there's a whole genre of comic books that are like that right mm-hmm. I imagine yeah sort of like that tweet about anime about everybody has their own level of tolerance for anime bullshit and recommending anime is based off of like knowing that person's tolerance yeah because there's always like a little bullshit.
0: Yeah, there's there's a so lot of weird. Yeah, it's like I can't like I love Ninja Scroll, but I can't tell people to watch Ninja Scroll. And if you've seen yeah, if, exactly. if you've seen Ninja Scroll, you know why I can't. Uh, yeah. So it's like yeah,
1: yeah. Every time watching an anime, there's always this moment where you go, oh, come on, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. really? <laughs> like we talk, I was enjoying this. <laughs> like we talked about when we were watching Dead Ringers. It's like a white knuckle experience sometimes yeah, when you're watching Kronenberg.
1: an anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cronenberg is always that where you're like Alright just be cool Be cool
0: David. man be
1: cool <laughs> Yeah Yeah exactly and This is no different
0: Yeah, um, although, but yeah although, overall, Although by this book Like by this last little mini series uh, It didn't like it wasn't a white Knuckle experience it was just like when No you know
1: what to expect You know exactly what point.
0: to expect and it just it did what it had done The previous thing so she's like oh, okay more of this Bullshit
1: Yeah exactly uh, and it, i would argue it gets in the way
0: it I, um, I, I agree i agree it doesn't need to be there
1: yeah because they don't say anything it they're about not saying anything with it so it's not so there's adding no point anything in having it.
0: it's just giving it this little extra layer of crime that yeah
1: it's a little edge lordy you know yeah
0: and and the whole book is edge lordy and a lot of it is very silly uh, uh, and and obviously satirical because as i mentioned Marshall is himself a huge hypocrite Right um, and they,
1: they again there's they, they make fun of him like yeah. like I said at the top of this there's a sex scene where he can't figure out which zipper to use because he's just covered in zippers. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's them pointing out <laughs> that he's just
0: a silly edge lord. Yeah. But of course when he finds so when he finds the correct zipper it's a really long zip. Right. Uh, of course. Yeah, cuz he's an edge lord.
1: Yeah. He's an edge
0: lord. He's not he's, he's it, not just a just cool hard to tell. he's not just a cool badass outsider, Dave. He also has a huge hog.
1: Yeah. It's sometimes, it's just hard to tell when they're, yeah, they're with us, they're they're laughing at it with us, or when they think this is cool, you know? Right, like, you would be, uh,
0: I feel like you, you would run the risk of, if you're in the room with these guys, and you're talking through the story with them, they would get to some point, it's like, yeah, and then Marshall, like, fucks this chick, and her tits are flying everywhere, and like, yeah, that's pretty stupid, right? And they're like, what do you mean? That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh. Okay. Where it's like
1: it feels like all comic book people are in there in somewhere in them is a teenage boy. Yes. A horny teenage Just a boy.
0: Horny teenage boy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and, and us all. In us all. Yeah. But like, you know. It's about you know, it's within, about keeping that horny teenage boy locked up. Within you deep, are two wolves. <laughs> two wolves. One is a horny teenage <laughs> a boy.
0: Horny teenage boy.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Well, that's all I got
0: Yeah, I think we're done Are we done?
1: Yeah, I think we're done um, You know, uh, Mind Freak Mind Freak 5 555 uh, I really appreciated this uh, This was very different than what we had done uh, In the past uh, This was a really f- interesting Like and fun comic book To read uh, And talk about and and think about. So again, I, I going back to the beginning of this. I I hope other people enjoyed this, not just us and Mind Freak. Uh, I'm sure some people have read the comics. Um, some people listening might not have, but this was just overall for me, at least, a very uh, a very fun and satisfying exploration.
0: This, this. Yeah. No, I mostly enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It really, like we said, it's the what we just got done talking about is really the only negative thing I had to say about this overall. Oh yeah, I thought this was. a Well, I enjoyed cool book. talking yeah. about
1: it. I mean, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and reading it and judging it and all that and thinking about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I guess that's that's you know, good. It's art, you know.
0: Yeah, that's what art's supposed to do. Yeah,
1: it's I almost th- like comic books are art, man.
0: Sure, man. Listen, I, I I don't I don't get up my ass about that if it's
1: they are though right yeah no, i mean everything's art yeah any, the movie any moonfalls art yeah anything that
0: just... anything that people have to come together and create is art because art is is expression via creation that's period so like i don't right. i don't split hairs over that <laughs> you
1: know what's re- you know what's art tom
0: this fucking podcast dave
1: this podcast i was gonna say pro wrestling but yeah, this yeah. Podcast. oh
0: yeah pro wrestling's ballet yeah this is all art. It's all art. Everything is art. What we're doing right now, this yep. is art. It's all art. These, these words. Yep.
1: Yeah. Jesus Christ. What uh what's going on? Are we are we doing our plugs?
0: I think so. I think we're all set. So you can yeah, you can start saying Listen, words to them.
1: This was through our Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y. Uh, unemployed. for $5 a month. You get uh, access to a bunch of podcasts like Tom and Jeff watch Batman. Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek, The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Mm. Uh, there's also tiers where you can watch movies with us every Friday night or have your own custom podcast like, like this one. this one. So go on there. Check it out. Please support us. It, 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 you know, it keeps us alive. It keeps us going. Mm-hmm. It keeps us uh, fed. Uh, you know, it, we, we buy water. Water's not cheap.
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. right especially not- for people yeah. listening
1: in europe yeah we have to buy water in america <laughs> it's really expensive and then they they make us like wait in line water lines and then they give us wedgies and they sack tap us every time
0: it's brutal um spread the word yeah um i couldn't tell if you were joking there because a lot of places legitimately don't have clean water right now <laughs> that's true <laughs> I, I, it, that's what's
1: beauty about it. Is that is it a lie?
0: <laughs> not really, not it's really lying. Little, it's
1: a little, it's a little in between. Not really exaggerated. it reminds me of my um, uh, the, the my my cousin's uh wife. Who's, I I could call my cousin as well, who was um from Spain, and I think it was one of her friends or her who like first asked my cousin, "Is it true you sell guns in the supermarket in America?" And he was like, "No." I mean, Walmart. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I guess that is Yeah, there are groceries in Walmart. Yeah, we do sell guns in the supermarket. We sure do. That is, uh, that's fucked up.
0: You know what else we sell, Dave? We sell merchandise in our store, which you can visit by going to GamefullyInemployed.com, where you can find a link to our Teespring store, where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on T-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So uh, slap your little super peepers on that hmm Slam it, slam
1: it down on that. Mm-hmm.
0: Your peepers, peepers balls. No, the oh, the eyes. eyes. they're Your eyes. Your eyes.
1: Everything's genitals with me.
0: I, it's probably because you just got done reading this comic.
1: That's a good point. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's,
0: it's, <laughs> it's a very genitalia-forward comic. <laughs> it is. It
1: loves its
0: genitals. Yep. Anyway. Don't we all? <laughs> Listen, Dave, within you are two teenage boys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One loves genitals, the other loves genitals.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The other loves F14s. Yeah. With genitals. And genitals.
1: Yeah. 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 All right. Um, All
0: right. Bye. Bye.